Welcome to Strutit, a place where CEOs and entrepreneurs circle up and get real about how hard and deeply rewarding this whole forging your own path thing is. As a bold dreamer and innovator, it can feel like your house burns down 50 times each day as you try to build the non-conventional life you love. In this podcast, we will dance with the flames of uncertainty, self-doubt, and money scarcity as we build the business empire of our dreams so that we no longer fear the fire, but welcome the heat. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury, and I built a six-figure dance studio business from a Craigslist ad and a brilliant idea. Together, we strut through the flames of business ownership, sharing the crucial mindsets, strategies, and collaborations of a life and business dance full out. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury, and today I'm sitting down with Gina Starbuck. She is an intuitive coach and energetic alchemist. She helps powerful, empathetic women break free from the confines of who they think they should be and embrace who they truly are so they can rebirth and emerge as their authentic and expressive How beautiful is that? Gina is a Reiki master, NLP practitioner, transformational life coach, and master teacher of embodied movement. She is a former professional dancer and dance educator, and she now integrates the wisdom of all of her life experiences to create life-altering ceremonial experiences for her clients. She's the co-founder of Awake and Soulful, a modern day mystery school that teaches women how to anchor spiritual wisdom and practices into their daily lives. So welcome Gina to the show. I'm so happy you're here with us. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here. I got chills while you were reading that bio. So thank you for reading it with such joy and love and enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, yes. I like, I love your bio and I just want to tell everyone, cause you guys can't see us. You can hear us. When Gina and I logged in to do this interview, we are both wearing cheetah print and we just died. We're like, Oh my gosh, we are already so in alignment. We're wearing our cheetah print. We are ready to dive into this and flow And yeah, so we're super excited to, to have this discussion today. So Gina, I would love to start with your, a little bit more of your spiritual path and your spiritual journey. Um, I know that you are, you know, highly intuitive and you, you've kind of learned how to dance in the spaces in between. And I would just love to hear kind of how you landed in this place of being a transformational coach and helping people to, you know, embrace their spaces in between. So good. Okay. I'm going to try to give you like the cliff notes version. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I feel like this just gets to be said, like, you know, a lot of the generations before our generation and even our generation, there's this like conditioning, like don't indulge in yourself too much. Don't toot your own horn. (laughs) And I actually really enjoy tooting my own horn at this point in my life. I'm like, yeah, I love talking about me and my journey. It's epic and it's powerful and it's medicine to the world. So thank you for that invitation. I am going to toot my own horn for a while. (laughs) So, um, 
Really, I have been aware of, you know, these metaphysical gifts and understanding since childhood. I would sit often in church as a kid um, and I would be able to like see people's auric fields and how they expanded and the colors. And at the time I didn't really know what was going on. I just knew that that was happening. And, you know, oftentimes I would have dreams and then a couple of days later, or a week later, or a month later, the exact thing that I dreamed would happen. And, you know, there were just like always things happening. And thankfully I had parents who were supportive of that and you know to some extent encouraging of that and never really kind of like stifled it in me. I grew up next door to a Reiki healer and um, I remember being like five or six years old and hurting my thumb I think it was and my thumb was like swollen two or three times the size and she just laid hands on me for five minutes ten minutes and then it was back to normal and that was the moment <laughs> where I was like okay this stuff is real. Um, and so, I mean, it's just kind of always been in me. However, you know, as far as career goes, I just from birth really knew like I meant to dance and sing and act and entertain. And I've got this like big passion for it. So, you know, that's where my journey ended up for a really, really long time. And even amidst that, I still always felt this calling to just learn you know to learn about different religions different cultures their spiritual practices like you know i just always felt inspired and energized by learning just learning these practices um but sometime around gosh i want to say it was like 2012 ish right this big like universal shift I had been pretty like deep in my career as a dancer and dance educator and I was touring all over the world. I think I had eight years back to back where I traveled like a hundred thousand miles a year, you know, just flying everywhere and teaching and doing my thing. And at some point I just started to feel burnt out. I was just like, hmm, this isn't really serving me anymore. And my body was kind of breaking down and it just was like, okay, something's got to shift. And I remember being in Arizona on a gig and I had been having like some issues with my kidneys, I think it was. And um, I just, I felt okay. Like I was in a little bit of pain. I didn't feel like I had this emergency issue, but it was like this voice came in and said to me, like, you have to go to the hospital now and you have to change your life. Like it was just those two things. And so I ended up going to the hospital like mid gig. I just told everyone like, hey, sorry, I have to go to the hospital. Like I'm in pain. And it turned out there was a um, staph infection in my kidneys. And like, had I not gone to the hospital, I'm, it may have gotten really, really, really bad. Like we caught it just in time where there was something we could do, but it was kind of in that journey of just listening like having that download it was like all the other stuff was out of the way because up to that point that voice was there that intuition was there that knowing was there but it was like so crowded with all these other influences and it was just like the clarity and the purity of that that kind of catapulted me into okay what do I do now and so I started, I found a Reiki master in the area and started working with her and 
you know, eventually received my attunements with her. And it was just like thing after thing after thing. I feel like this is such a long story. Um, and no, it's not, it's not too long. It's good. And <laughs> will you, I, one question that's floating up as you were talking is if any of our listeners aren't sure, and I've never actually received Reiki before. So can you tell us about Reiki and like what, what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So Reiki in, by definition is universal life force energy. So it's essentially just the transference of universal life force. There's no like religious affiliation or anything like that to it. A Reiki practitioner, whether it's over distance, like most all of my sessions now are via Zoom because of what's happening in the world. But whether it's, you know, over distance or in person, hands on, a Reiki practitioner is really just becoming a conduit and a channel for this source energy is what I call it. We could call it universal life force. We could call it light. We could call it God frequency. Like there's so many ways we can name it, but you know, in essence, we just become the conduit and let that energy flow up, flow through us into the client. And by nature, you know, it's like if you're filling a cup with something that's a little bit more dense and there's water in there, right? The like dense liquid is going to push the water out eventually. And so there's this density of like pure source energy that comes in and it helps to kind of clear out the muck, clear out the densities. So that's Reiki in short. <laughs> that's helpful. Thank you. I, I love that. I, I definitely want to try that at some point. Um, I, I told Gina that I'm struggling with a little sinus infection right now. And I'm like, Gina, heal me. <laughs> um, okay. But Gina, I want to get back to, so you said it was around 2012 and you found a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. And so I just started, you know, integrating, it was like thing after thing after thing. I mean, I don't even know how to tell it in a short story, but essentially the wheels started turning. Right. And then I was doing both. I was still kind of having my dance career, but also began like experimenting and taking clients and doing the Reiki, which now what I do, I don't even really call it Reiki. It's just evolved so beyond like a definition. Um, Though Reiki is kind of like the foundation or the anchor of what I do, but it was really right before my daughter came through where I really was just like, okay, I felt it coming. I hear that song. I feel a whoop coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that you just said that because every time I do interviews, I hear songs. Like when people say things, I'm like, I just want to bust out singing. So I really appreciate that. (laughs) Maybe I'm feeling into your energy. That's perfect. But I felt a whoop coming on and it was kind of like, I did not want to let go of my dance career. I, I still to this day love dancing. Like it is my first love, my forever love. It is the thing that's like always there for me. It's the thing that I will always be ridiculously good at. <laughs> and it's, it's I am I am ridiculously good looking. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I am a ridiculously good dancer. Okay. Anyways, keep going. I love this. So dance. Yes. I so relate to that, that once 
you are a dancer. And that is like, I always think of my dance, my passion for dance as this really strong fire. Like I just see it as this like fire, this flame in my soul, like my soul purpose. And yeah, no matter what I do for career or mom or anything external, it's just like, that is who I am. Like, it feels like movement is me and I am movement. Mm, Yes. I feel that. And I so, so relate to that. Movement is just like such profound medicine. And we could really say like, whether people like to dance or not, we all are movement. (laughs) Like truly it's the nature of the universe. Like the only thing that's constant is that things are constantly moving. Like even in stillness, right? If we tried to sit in like the most epic stillness we could ever sit in, like our blood is still circulating, our hearts are still beating, our breath is still moving, you know, a tree like rooted in the earth, really solid, the the branches are still swaying, you know, so I just love that concept, like I am movement, movement is me, I feel like this is a bit of a tangent, but I just feel like even that can serve a lot of people, because sometimes we get so like locked in to an identity or a story or a need or a desire even. And it's like, if there isn't movement and the willingness to kind of like be rocked and be swayed, it can really halt (laughs) production, you know? Yes. And I feel like that, what I'm, what's I'm, I was working with a private client yesterday. And one of the things that the word that kept coming through was stuck and I'm feeling like stuck is the opposite of movement, right? It's that, that feeling. If like, I try to feel what stuck feels like, it feels like a block. It feels like you're hitting a wall. And so it's interesting because one of the things that I'm learning, I'm continuously learning is that if I resist the, the stuckness, or if I, if I want to be somewhere other than where I am, I do suffer, you know, and I feel like with movement, it kind of is creating a space of there is no destination. There is no like in a way, maybe, maybe this isn't the right way to say, I was going to say there is no landing pad, but, um, it's more like, what if we learned how to embrace the constant flow and change and movement versus I think a lot of us suffer because we resist the the constant movement and change. And we have this illusion that there's this final destination that if we just get to that point, or we just get this job or this relationship or this child or whatever it is, then we'll finally be, you know, who we are. And that's why so many of us suffer is that's an illusion. And so when you were talking about the movement, I'm like, wow, that's, that's just an interesting way to kind of think about that concept. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, and I've been there and I, that's kind of what I was touching on at that point when I was really feeling like, okay, I'm going to have to let my dance career go like in one way or another. I just could feel it. There were like things happening. I, and I, at the time, a lot of it was felt like it was self-sabotage. Like I would do things and things would collapse. And, and I know now actually like the path that I was on really served me and served who I was working with for a long time. Like there was such beautiful medicine pouring through me, but it got to a point where I just wasn't in harmony with that career anymore and I was like trying to fit in like 
figure it out. And it actually was just creating a lot of friction and disharmony. And so, you know, we could call it self-sabotage. We could call it my spirit guides actually just tearing shit down to make room for the new path. And it really doesn't matter. It's just very clear to me that like change needed to happen. And I was so resistant because I was so tapped, like I was so attached and stuck in that identity, like that identity of this like world-renowned choreographer and this sexy woman and the success and blah, 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 like all of those things, which are all great, but like at a soul level, that's not who I am. Like at a soul level, I'm just this spark of light and love and this being who's here to like light up the planet in, in the ways that are harmonized. And it was like my light in that industry went out. Like I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. But it, but I resisted for so long because, you know, I just, I didn't know it another way really. Um, but when my daughter came, <laughs> I had a severely traumatic birthing experience with her. Um, which I have, you know, for the last five and a half years, really like peeled off all those onion layers around it. And, and I have a deep understanding of like the whys. And again, it was like so perfect. And it was the thing that actually made me like move on from my career in dance. A lot of it was because I just couldn't do it anymore. My body was like in such like trauma response and you know, exhaustion and fatigue and just, I mean, even still like the weight, the actual physical weight that I held on to after that birth trauma is like still kind of making its way out. And I, and I know now it's like for so long, I was so sad and like upset about that, but it's like, wow, how wise is my body that she decided to hold on just in case, you know, like, because she got so hurt that she was like, I'm going to hold on to this and keep you safe. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I just want to pause for a minute there. I mean, that is a huge shift, I think, for people to let sit with themselves for a minute. Like sometimes we get so frustrated with our bodies, but what if your body is doing everything it can to protect you and keep you safe. And it's actually your biggest ally. You know, I just, I love that you had that perspective. That's really cool. Yeah. It took me a while to arrive there, but thank you. I mean, especially being a dancer and being an industry dancer where, you know, every audition is like, come in your body conscious attire. Like what does body conscious even mean? What is the appropriate body? There's like so much there but yeah I've really arrived at just this like deep reverence for the intelligence of my body and how it speaks and you know even like inside of the dance industry I struggled because I have a really sensitive nervous system and it's an industry that doesn't does not honor sensitive nervous systems like it is a it wants everyone to be a machine it wants you to be a machine like in what you're asked like what's asked of you but then it wants you to be this like beautiful epic art piece on <laughs> when the camera's on it's this weird kind of polarity but like even now you know with my sensitive nervous system I do tend to have big reactions and overshoot and I have a very active fight response in my nervous system and instead of like you know warring with myself about it now 
I'll have a big fight response about something. I'll realize, okay, you're not in actual danger. <laughs> you're not going to die. And then I'll just thank my body. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you that you're activated and that you're responsive and that you're doing what you feel is necessary to survive. You know, it's like a really profound place that that whole journey of birthing my daughter and not just her birth, but even just like the postpartum in this weird society where it's like the nuclear family and we don't really have a village and what that looks like to like, you know, more in the death of your old self <laughs> to figure out who you are now while you're raising a child. And I was, I breastfed for three years, like I'm nurturing a child. I, you know, you get it, you're a mom. It's like, all of that was really the big, big catalyst for me. Like she, her birth was my biggest rebirth in this lifetime, which kind of brings us to now. I was sharing with you that I'm now calling myself an energetic midwife because it's clear to me that while I can support people through just about anything, <laughs> the, the real magic, like the real medicine is in really helping people navigate that in between, like the birth canal of, okay, here's who I used to be and here's who I am now, but I'm not there yet, but I'm not there anymore. And there's like so much medicine and so much, there can be pleasure and learning and just juice. There's just so much juice in this kind of energetic birth canal. And again, it's like society doesn't teach us that. Our society is very fixated on identity and clarity. You need to know exactly who you are, and exactly what you want, and go after it and present yourself as having it all together. And at this point in my life, I'm like, show me the not together. Like show me the you that doesn't actually know. <laughs> because when we can like strip away all the identity like that's where the real you is revealed. I love that so much because I think so many of us carry shame within ourselves because we aren't taught that like that in-between space is to be celebrated or that there's pleasure in the not knowing or that there's nothing really wrong with you if you feel like you're not, you're in that in-between space. And I, it is, it, it was interesting when you were talking about your experience with your daughter, my, my, uh, firstborn. So my oldest, she's eight years old. And so I, I say, you know, I've been a mom for nine years and I still feel like I'm in this in-between space of remembering like who I was before I became a mom and then who I am now and the ever evolving nature of parenting and parenting in a world that is very isolating for parents. Um, I really, really resonate with that. And I feel like I often feel this like ache in my heart um, for just like imagining like our ancestors that did have children in villages where we could all help each other. And I feel like I have a lot of girlfriends who had babies during the pandemic. They had their first baby during the pandemic. And 
it's been exceptionally hard for them. And because it's like, it's already hard enough to go through that transition and grieve who you were and step into this new space of being a parent and, and navigating that. And then the pandemic and COVID comes in and we're all just even further like isolated from each other. I feel like there's this huge collective wound that all parents share, no matter their gender. And especially like new parents, I just, I feel called to say like, I see you. Uh, if it's been a struggle, you're not alone. And just really resonated with everything you shared. And, and I, um, I've been meditating on the word liminal space lately. My therapist actually brought that, that language up with me. And I, I was like, what is that? <laughs> um, and so liminal space means to be on the precipice of something new, but not quite there yet. And Gina, I feel like that's what you're kind of speaking to in terms of your, you, um, midwifing people through these like energetic sequences. And I'm just curious, like if you've heard the term liminal space before, if that's a term that you use and, um, yeah, I'm just curious, any reflections you have? Yeah, I actually don't use that, but, I, but I will start. That's a really beautiful way to put language on it because sometimes I, I am challenged just in general to even have the English language to describe what's occurring inside of these spaces that we go into. They're so, you know, we're kind of like traversing dimensions because it's, you know, it's true that like, yes, we're in these physical bodies and they're dense and like we can touch our face okay this is my face you know these are my hands and there's there's medicine in that even like to help to anchor in but it really does energetically happen where we we arrive at that liminal space and we're still inhabiting these bodies to some extent but it's like the the tangibility of life and the density of life seems really far like when I hear you speaking on the liminal space, that's kind of like the the visual that I get. It's kind of like a yes and conversation. Like, yes, I'm in my body and I'm over there and over there and I'm over there. And the energy is just kind of dispersed. And we just haven't really been taught very many tools to like navigate that space. And there are ways to, to work with it. And, you know, at like different times, like call for different things. <laughs> um, I think what I would love for you to share with our listeners is if they're identifying with this feeling of liminal space of being in the in-between and, and oftentimes that can feel really uncomfortable, can feel scary, especially if it feels foreign to them. Like, as we've said, it's not super celebrated in our society. It's like we all, t- you know, preach clarity and focus and and all of that. So I think what would be really helpful is if you could share a couple tools with our listeners as to what are some first steps that people can take if they're in this liminal space and they're feeling, you know, uncomfortable with it, or they're feeling lost, or they're not really sure what their next step should be. Yeah, there's a couple things that are coming forward. And the first thing I always recommend, I mean, I'm a coach, like find support, 
find a coach or a mentor, even an elder in your community or, you know, a friend, like a trusted friend, someone who can really help to hold a mirror up to who you are. Like I always use the wording, the seed of your soul, like who you are at the seed of your soul, because that will never change. That is constant regardless of what's happening in the exterior or what like cognitive awareness you have around it and I've just seen there's so much power and just even a lot of times it's not even about having the person tell you like this is who you are at a soul level but just being able to sit with someone who can hold you and who can witness you and who you can kind of you know verbal vomit with or let your emotions come up it's like that is the that is one of the birthplaces of discovery it's like the discovery often is just in letting yourself be and not all of us have like places and spaces where we can just be like whatever that means so I would say seek places and spaces where you can just be and where you can just be with other souls who can like mirror back to you what needs to be revealed the other thing is i often recommend like you know for, for those that like to journal as i'm saying this i'm like i in full transparency don't often like to journal there's like something about journaling to me that's like everyone like well journal about this and journal about that and i'm like i don't want to journal i just want to sing and dance and yell but maybe it's journaling or maybe it's dancing. Maybe it's moving your body. But again, it's this conversation of just being like, pull out your journal and don't have an agenda. Don't even ask the question like, who am I? Where am I headed? What's the next step? Just pull out your journal and just say like soul express. And oftentimes just with that green light <laughs> to express, you, the awarenesses pop in. You know, whether it's the journal or moving your body, it's like, if I just move my body with no agenda, you can guarantee I'm going to come out of that session, whether it's five minutes or an hour with like ahas and with green lights and with light bulbs. So that's another thing. The other thing that I've been having come in a lot for myself and for my clients is that it feels like we're crossing a bridge kind of as a collective where many of us would just by nature kind of go out of body to seek information so like the energetics of it is your some aspect of your consciousness like if you want an answer you would like go and where is it like take a little energetic airplane to try to find it some people call it scrying or tracking and just noticing like do i have a tendency to do that and if so there's a lot of medicine in like staying in your body so the visual can be whatever anchoring you do you can an easy one is become a tree right become a tree feel your roots connected to the earth and see what happens if you are seeking answers even if it's just one thing right like what is my next best step i see you doing it right now and instead of shooting yourself out to go and find it what if you become a magnet and you call that thing in. And so you feel your body, you feel your breath, you feel your ribs expanding and contracting, you feel your heart beating, 
you feel your sacrum in the chair or on the floor below you. And you just invite, like, let's just let the next thing land. And oftentimes that's really supportive because in this energy of going out to try to find the next thing, if we're not like really conscious of what's even happening with our energy, we can get caught in these loops of like sending something out and then it doesn't even come back to us. And then we're sending out another thing. We're sending out another thing. So it's like our energy, we already don't know who we are and what we want and what's next. And then our energy is like fragmented all over the universe, right? So this practice of like staying home, coming home and calling the things in. And you can even in that process, like if there are fragments out there, like come on home, come on home. When you can energetically like feel that sense of, okay, I'm, I'm all the way here. It just kind of naturally flips a switch. And oftentimes it will just show you, like, I may not know what's going to happen next year or next month or whatever, but at least I can feel that all of me is here, that all of me is like in this present moment. And I've noticed that that is really, really helpful. So I want to know, cause I saw you kind of doing it. <laughs> I want to know what just happened for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, I just did it as Gina was, was, uh, speaking about the tree and I closed my eyes and I, I just was picturing the tree metaphor just really works for me. So I just was picturing like my sitting bones, like rooting down into the earth and like a big trunk of a tree and just grounding me down. And I, the word like magnetize magnet was coming through and I definitely felt that, that, that switch of energy from seeking like from the external and like that grasping and that reaching and that, um, just, yeah, it just like grasping energy, um, outward push of energy. And I felt the reverse. I really felt the power of let me be this grounded tree and allow for things to be magnetized to me and allow, um, I think one of the most powerful things you said, Gina, is like letting go of like an attachment to needing an answer and just sitting and allowing things to come in and allowing the branches to kind of like sweep in and pull things in and, and just like, and as I was doing that and as I was breathing, it's not even, I didn't even have any questions I was asking or necessarily messages, but I but I felt this, like, it's crazy. I mean, I did that maybe for like a minute while Gina was talking and I felt this like really deep sense of groundedness and calm and, and strength. Like, and it was this idea. I, I realized it's like, we all have these, like, I, I picture them as like cords that are kind of outside of us. And Gina, you said it so beautifully. It was like, the court, like, it's kind of like, you know, those like sticky hands that your kids get where they like stick them on the wall. Like it was like all these sticky hands are going out. And I saw that, like, I was drawing all the cords, all the sticky hands, like back in. And it was just 
helping me to just feel so just this beautiful dance of like strength and calmness and groundedness and just this feeling like I'm, I'm going to be okay. So that was really cool. Thank you. You're welcome. That's super juicy. Thank you for going there too. I saw you. I started to talk about it and you were like, I'm going in. <laughs> I, really I just, yeah, I love drop. I can drop in pretty quickly. That's, that's a blessing for me that I can just kind of drop in. So I know that we need to wrap up, but I want, I have one more question for you, which is in building your business and in building your coaching business and all the things that you're doing for your work, how do you, do you build your business from this place of intuition, from this place of I'm going to wait for the next step. And I'm just curious how that shows up in your business growth. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. It's something I've kind of been contemplating and, and like inviting in little shifts. I have a major leniency toward a tendency toward the feminine where it's like, I'm just going to do whatever I feel like I want to do. And like everything's fluid and it's beautiful. And there's definitely a balance, right? Like we have to have those more masculine I'm going to call them people may or may not relate to the feminine and masculine polarities but just the nature of like the anchored thing the action the defined thing um in awakened soulful thankfully while Elise and I both are very intuitive and tend to be fluid she definitely has more of that like directional linear thing in her nature (laughs) so we really balance each other out in that way and she helps to remind me and we have a really amazing we call her our team enrichment queen who will like direct us if we said we were going to do something she makes sure that it gets done um I'm still playing you know as far as like my personal business goes there's been more space for fluidity there because my focus and like first line of income comes through awakened soulful and because there's two of us also, it really does support that fluidity because every once in a while, you know, like it, we've been talking a lot about the importance of being human inside of business. And, you know, every once in a while, she'll be navigating a deeply troubling thing that she just really needs to process and purge, or I'll be navigating something really tough and I need to purge and I need to just like cocoon. And when that happens, it's so beautiful because it, 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 we tend to do this, right? Like when she needs the extra space, I'm cool. And like, I can do what needs to get done and it's vice versa. So that's really, really beautiful. Um, in my personal business, I am looking at the cycles. Like I'm really starting to more thoroughly document just my rhythms, my cycles, my, you know, first off my menstrual cycle, it's like, there are times in my cycle, like during my bleeding phase, I absolutely do not want to do anything. I don't want a client. I don't want a meeting. I don't want anything. And so I'm looking at how can I create my schedule where I have that space? How can I take more meetings and more, you know, be more outward when I'm ovulating when that's just more natural for me to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. It, it can be challenging because our society is not really set up for the cyclical being. <laughs> but with the intuitive process, yeah, I do tend to wait and, and like let the information land for me. I'm noticing that a lot of times because like 
our consciousness, just society, the world, the collective energy in timelines are like really accelerated and timelines are just sliding in and out of each other. So a lot of times I'll get a download and in that moment, it would be the perfect thing to do. But if I don't act on it right then, it's like two days later, it's like, oh no, that idea is not. <laughs> so I'm also sitting with what stays because my tendency also in the past has been to like get the idea and boom, like right away, do the thing. And then, and then sometimes I get stuck. I'm also a generator in human designs. So it's like when a generator says yes, the generator always follows through regardless of whether it's supportive or not. So I'm like seeing if the yes arrives and keeps arriving, then I know that's the thing that I meant to do. If it's just like a quick little blip, I'll take note of it, but I don't often immediately put all of my energy into it unless it's kind of like what I talked about in the beginning, that message where it was like, go to the hospital now, change your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then it's like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I know that was kind of a roundabout answer, but that's the best way I can describe where I am right now with my business. That is really helpful. Yeah. I hear uh, several things. I hear that you have a team member that you can, you know, um, support each other energetically and, and just like the logistics of building a business together. And then I, I totally love that idea of tracking your menstrual cycle and knowing, Cause that's actually, it's funny you say that because I've been thinking I want to do that as well, because I've noticed, and I'm, you know, 41, I'm noticing that my mood is getting more impacted. Um, maybe it's like some perimenopause stuff. Right. And so it's, it kind of goes back full circle to what we talked about earlier, which is what if, what if our body is the best guru? What if our body does have a lot of wisdom for us? And what if we built our business in a cyclical way that supported us and gave us space? And I think that's a really great question to sit with. And, um, especially for those of us who are entrepreneurs who get to design our businesses, it's kind of fun to think about how we could be re rebels in this society that needs everything to be linear and everything to be nine to five Monday through Friday and look the same every week. And what if we gave ourselves permission and space to build businesses that flowed with us, that flowed with our cycle, that flowed with our different, because as you were speaking, I was thinking, gosh, I totally have huge energetic waves every month, you know, where I'm like, and I've never doc, I've never tracked that. I've never, you know, I'm just kind of, sometimes I feel like I fall, I fall victim to it or something, you know, like it's controlling me versus I'm, I'm aware of it, if that makes sense. So I love the idea of tracking it and even just being mindful of like, okay, this is going to be sacred time in my month where I'm not going to book calls or I'm not going to book certain things. And just, you know, I think what I'm hearing from you and where I'm at too, is you just learn as you go, right? You just learn as you go and you keep shifting and finding what what's in alignment for you. And I love all of that. So I know we have to close. I would love for you to share Gina, where can people find you if they want to know more about your coaching or just more about what you're up to, where is the best place for them to hang out with you? There are two things. So at Gina Starbuck on Instagram is my handle. Gina Starbuck coaching.com is my website. And then for Awakened Soulful, my co-creative partnership, where we do 
essentially it's it's still the energy energetic midwife we just there's two of us <laughs> and we facilitate retreats that is at awake and soulful um on instagram and awake and soulful.com and awesome and we'll be sure to put those links in the show notes for anybody who wants to find them thank you gina so much I feel like we could talk forever. I wanted to, I wanted to book, an, book you for another interview. This was so special. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I so appreciate it. And I feel the same. I could talk to you for weeks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, everybody have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm Elizabeth Marbury, and I want to thank you for being here. Let's keep the dance party going by hanging out on social media together. You can follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Marbury or dance with me on TikTok at Wedding Dance Coach. If you love today's show, be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.